good to be back in the house of the Lord, and we appreciate uh, this church. We, we, you know, we uh, we don't have a lot of fellowship with you every now and then, but we do kind of keep up with you a little bit. And uh, so, thanks to social media, Amen. Well, I want you to open the Bible this morning, the book of Revelation, if you will. Uh, we're going to start in chapter number nineteen, and we're going to work our way back to chapter one, Amen. That is a joke, Amen. <laughs> Oh, maybe you might get that one. All right, amen. So I want to do a study with you today, and uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm not. I want to. I want to say a word to you to start with. Now, I want you to know what I'm gonna be saying today. I'm not coming at you, you know, as a as a just a lamb blasting message. But what I want to do today, I want to approach the subject that I'm dealing with on a study basis. I want to try to find out what God's Word has to say. Now, let me preface that by saying this. Now, I'm, I'm sure you believe the same way, but I, I, am, I am thoroughly convinced that this Bible we have in our hand is the Word of the living God. And uh, it does not need to be corrected. Amen. And I believe every word of it. Matter of fact, when you and I stand before God, it's going to be, thus saith this book. It's not going to be your opinion or my opinion. It's going to be what God said in this book that's going to be very important. Or uh, are, y'all, are y'all accustomed to standing when you read? No, 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 no. What do y'all do? All right, all right. well, that's what you do. Then stand. Amen. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to start reading today. And uh, matter of fact, if you would like... Uh, you can go ahead and open your Bible, Luke 16. I'm going to probably read a few verses out of that passage as well, but uh, that's not where we're going to be preaching from. Now, I want you to look in Luke, uh, in Revelation chapter number 19, if you will, and I'm going to read selected verses, and then you follow with us as we read. Revelation 19 and verses number 20. Now follow what it says. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them and them that worship his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, I want you to look carefully at that last phrase. They were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, let's go to chapter 20 and verse number 10, if you will. Chapter 20 and verse number 10. And the Bible says, that, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now drop down to verse 14, if you will. And the Bible says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, let's go to chapter 21, and let's look at verses number 8. Chapter 21 and verses number 8. 
and the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, look up here at me just, just a moment, if you would. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I've read to you almost all the verses in the New Testament that deal with the lake of fire. Now, you notice in that first verse we read, chapter 19, verse 20, I, I read that last phrase again, which said, Cast alive in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone. Now, here's a phrase we should get. The Bible said brimstone in, in each one of these cases where the lake of fire is mentioned. Now, not every one that's indicated that brimstone is connected with the lake of fire. Now, when you read about hell, and we, we'll probably read a few verses in Luke 16 in a minute, but I, uh, as far as I can tell, there's not a single identification a brimstone that is connected with hell. It's always connected with the lake of fire. So you be seated. I'm going to pray with you. Then I want to do a study today on whatever, what the Bible has to say about the lake of fire. Father, I want to ask you again now that you would touch our heart and our mind. Lord, we are in deep need of your help today. And so, Father, I'm, I'm acknowledging today that without you, Father, we can absolutely do nothing. Lord, we need your help. We need your grace. We don't want to just stand here, Father, and take up these people's time. But, Lord, we want to try to do our best to expound what this Bible teaches and to show, Father, what you're telling about in the Word. Now, Father, speak to our hearts now, and we'll honor you for what you do in Christ's name. Amen. Now, here's what I want to do to start with. Now, I'm, I know you got a good uh, Bible preacher for uh, your leader here, but I, I, want to, I want to start by asking you this question. If I ask you this question, what is under the surface of this earth? If we started digging and we went in the surface of the earth, what would we find if we went under the surface of the earth? Well, most every one of us would probably say, well, hell would be there. And you'd be right. But here's what I found out. And I'm, I know that you probably know this, but just let me say it. Well, the Word of God describes and tells us about several different compartments that are in this earth. Now, I don't know where they are necessarily, but the Word of God makes it clear there's more than one compartment in the, the, the center or underneath the surface of this earth. Now, let me name a few of them for you. All right, so number one, in Second Peter 2 and verse number 4, just, just listen to the verses or read it. It's said, for if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in the chains of darkness uh, to be reserved unto judgment. Now, that verse said this. It said that there are some angels that have sinned against God. 
And those angels have been cast down to hell. Well, wherever that is that they are there, there, they are reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. Well, the thing that we, we wouldn't recognize unless you did a word study is that word hell that they're cast down to is not the normal word for hell. It is a totally different word. Well, what this is is this is a place we refer to as Tataro or Tataros. What is that? Well, Strong said it is the deepest abyss in this earth. In other words, somewhere in this earth, the deep, if you went to the deepest part of the center of this earth, there's a place somewhere there called Tataros. And, and the, what it has in it is a number of those angels that left their first estate, according to Jude, and that they are reserved in everlasting change under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. In other words, they are held there until the judgment, and then they'll be cast into the lake of fire. So we know that's that's the place. Now, uh, I hope I don't bore you with this, but there is a there was, and and listen to me, there was a place in the heart of this earth at one time called paradise. Amen. And so uh, here's what Jesus said when Jesus' neighbor in Matthew twelve forty, the Bible said this. As Jonas was three days and three nights in the, uh, so in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of this earth. Now, so when Christ died, that he now now I'm not one of those people that believe that when Christ died, he went to the fiery part of hell. I don't believe that at all. But when Christ died, he went to a place called paradise. Now, how do I know that? Well, hey, here's what he said. Hey, you know, when the thief on the cross is dying, he said, Lord, remember me, thou comest to thy kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I send thee today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. So when Christ died, this I know. He's going to the heart of the earth, and he's going to paradise. But when our dear brother Paul was stoned and caught up in the third heaven, he said he was caught up into the paradise. So so here's what we know. So paradise was once down, but now it is up. Well, what's, what's the difference here? Well, the difference is this. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and was buried, oh brother, the word of God said in Matthew that when he came up, many of the graves opened up when Christ resurrected. So what happened? Paradise was moved from the heart of this earth unto glory. So what is paradise anyway? Paradise is a resting place for those that are the children of God. Those that have been born again, saved with grace, no matter what dispensation they're in, there is a place of rest for them until the Lord's program has been finished. So that was there, but there was also another place there we know as hell which I'll not not say much about that but we know about it you can't read Luke 16 without discovering uh, what hell's about as a matter of fact I'll just remind you there's weeping and crying and torment all kind of things there well where is that one? It's still there matter of fact it is still there now in that neighbor somewhere in the deep of this earth now I want to give you another one right quick so there's another place we refer to as the bottomless pit, or it's, it's, it is referred to also as the deep. So, what is in that place? Well, right now, 
as far as we know, in, in that place, the bottomless pit, there is, there, as far as we know, there is no human there unless it would be Judas Iscariot. Now, it could be him, I don't know. But here's what I know. That place called the bottomless pit has got demonic creatures that are locked up in it. And Revelation 9 tells a story. There's a strong angel coming from heaven with a key, the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit will be opened up and there will be there will be a smoke that rises out of that pit and neighbor out of that smoke comes these creatures that look like locusts and they have they have breastplates of iron they've got heads like lion teeth like a teeth like a lion a face like a man hair like a woman and they got stings in their tail and their job will be to torment men five months during the tribulation period well are, are, is that real well I'll tell you how you can find out just wait around if you want uh, be sure and stay lost and you'll find out if it's real or not. But I'm telling you, that place is real and it is a deep place somewhere in the heart of this earth. Now, there, the, the other thing I'll make mention of is the lake of fire. Now, Brother Wills, where, now are y'all hearing me now? Where is the lake of fire, Brother Wills? You want, you want me to tell you? I don't know. Uh, the Word of God does not give any hint wherever, whatever, of where the lake of fire is. But with this, what is the lake of fire? Well, in a nutshell, here's what the lake of fire is. The lake of fire is a place that God has created for every rebel, whether they are angelic rebels, whether they are human rebels, every rebel that says to God, we will not have you reign over us, God has prepared this place for every single rebel. Now, uh, you know, there have been movie stars that flaunted their stuff that said, I am the rebel. Well, uh, you know, if that's what they want to be, they can be. But I know their destination. I know the destination of every rebel, no matter who they are. And those rebels neighbors who say no to Christ will find themselves eventually in the lake of fire. Now, with that said, let's listen see what the Bible has to say about the lake of fire. All right, so number one, let's consider the creation of the lake of fire. What do we know about it? Well, there's a lot we don't know about it, but there's a few things we can figure out. All right, so number one, who created the lake of fire? Well, hear me now. Let's go back and grab the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Are y'all hear me now? Yes. All right, so, so try this one on. At the Gospel of John, the Bible said this, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Well, what is that saying? Here's what it's saying. It is saying we know who created the lake of fire. The lake of fire was created none other than the creator himself. Now, I want to I I try to explain something else to you, at least my idea. So when, when, when the when I believe that God created this lake of fire. Uh, so my next question is, when did he do that? When did God create the lake of fire? All right, so here it is now. The Bible says in the beginning, God created. So when did God create the lake of fire? Y'all hear me now. So when do you think it did? Well, the Bible doesn't pinpoint, pinpoint a moment in which God created. But I will tell you this. Everything God created, he created it in the beginning. 
You better hear that. Everything God created, he created in the beginning. You remember that passage in Matthew 25, 41, where it talks about hell prepared for the devil and his angels. Remember that? Well, if you'll remember that verse, it did not say he created hell for the devil and his angels. It said he prepared it for them, which means it's already created. He is just preparing it for them. Are y'all hearing that? So here's another little thing you get older. So Jesus said this in John 14. Oh, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. Well, now let me ask you, is he not referring to the new Jerusalem? Well, sure he is. He's referring to the new Jerusalem that he's going to prepare. Now that Bible didn't say that he's going to create it. He's going to prepare it. Well, brother, where's when did he create it? In the beginning, God created. Everything God needed, he created it in the beginning. You say, you sure? Yeah. Or I'll, give you, I'll give you a principle here. Is God a perfect God? Has God ever made a mistake? Has God ever had an afterthought? No, he's never had an afterthought. So if God had to create hell later, then he's had an afterthought, which means he would not be perfect. If God had to create the lake of fire afterward, then he's had an afterthought, which means God would not be perfect. So our God is a perfect God who created everything he needed in the beginning for his whole program. Amen. So I know who created it, and I know when he created Are y'all hear me now? Now, I want you to turn your Bible to Romans 14. Now, hang with us a moment. I want you to look in Romans 14 and verse number 9. Now, uh, you remember I made a statement earlier about the connection to the brimstone. Uh, you remember that? Somebody grunt just one time. So he he made the reference to brimstone always in connection with the lake of fire. So now, in Romans 14, we want to answer this question. Do I know where the lake of fire is? The answer is no, I do not. But my next statement is this. I do know where it's going to be. Now look in verse number, verse number 9 of Revelation 14. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. Now watch carefully now. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire. And what? What's the word now? Y'all, y'all follow me? Now, if you know, I can add 30 more minutes on this if you want me to. All right, follow what I'm trying to tell you. Now, watch in verse, he said, he said he's tormented fire and with brimstone. So brimstone is definitely in connection with the lake of fire. But now watch this now. He'll be tormented fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So I don't know where the lake of fire is, but I know where it's going to be. Now, you better hear what I'm telling you. So here's what God is saying. He has said when this program is finished, the lake of fire is going to be in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb of God. Are y'all hearing me now? 
I want you to bend somehow. I want you to picture the throne of God. And I know your picture will be different from mine. But somewhere in the end, there's going to be a throne of God set. And the Lamb of God will be on that throne. And somewhere in His presence, there will be the lake of fire. Are y'all hearing one time? Now, I want you to get a little one about to dry out here now. So, you say, Brother Wells, that could never be heaven if we're going to be in heaven and the lake of fire is going to be where we can see it. Here's what you better remember. When you're in heaven, you're not going to have the old nature you've got now. You're going to have the absolute perfect nature that God has. You will hate sin just like God hates sin. You will love righteousness just like God loves righteousness. And you will say amen to the condemnation of no matter who it is of those that rejected him and said no to God. And uh, I don't know if I, I will, I will tell you this. The word of God said in the book of Psalm. Now, y'all you get, hear the verse now. In the book of Psalm, it said this. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold the reward of the wicked. When I am in heaven, somehow I don't know how all this work out. But I know this much. The, the lake of fire will be somewhere in the presence of the Lamb of God. And they they will be tormented day and night for eternity for having rejected the Son of the living God. Amen. So now, Brother Wells, uh, why is all this created? Well, I've already answered that. The reason I, uh, I answered this, the lake of fire was created by God in the beginning for every rebel. Are y'all hearing now? Now, let me ask you this question while I go by. Are you a rebel? In your heart and in your soul, are you a rebel? Are you, do you rise up and say, not so. I'll not have God reign over me. If you're not born again and saved by God's grace, when the invitation is given oftentimes, do you stand with your hands gripping the pew? Do you stand saying, oh no, I will not give my heart to God? Well, I'm telling you, then this place is reserved for you. Because you classify yourself as a rebel, you'll not have the eternal omnipotent authority of God rule and reign over you. Now, let's move on and ask something else now. All right, let's go back to Revelation 20. And uh, I want to I wanna try to note here uh, what, what will be the conditions that we can get a hold of here of this lake of fire. All right, now read, look in Revelation 20 and 15. That'll be the verse you'll probably uh, recognize more than any. Whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into, say it with me, just say it, the lake of fire. Or, so that, that phrase, the lake of fire, gives you somewhat of a description of what God's talking about here. Now, uh, I, I wanna, uh, uh, now, I looked on my maps today to see, uh, what is the, what is the biggest lake that y'all have near here? Is it, uh, is it, uh, High Rock Lake? Is that, is that the biggest lake? Or, so now come here, don't you think a moment. Or, let's suppose that somehow or another, there was a, there was a mountain somewhere nearby that you and I could climb and we would have the perspective of the entire high, high rock. We could see the entirety of High Rock Lake. Now, I'm, there's probably not a place like that, but let's think if there were, if we could ascend the mountain, we could look out and see from the beginning to the end the High Rock Lake. 
Well, that'd be, that's a pretty good size water. It's a pretty good size body of water. Well, now let's add something else to our imagination. So what if we could see the entirety of it? And, and what if we could see all of a sudden that that entire body of water is a flame of fire? I mean, from the beginning to the end, it would be an entire um, massive amount of fire. Well, what God is doing, he's trying to help us to see a description of what this place is like. It would be like a humongous lake that is burning with fire. But now, wait a minute now. So, there's something else involved here. It's not just a lake of fire, but Revelation 20.10 said this. It said, there's also brimstone there. So let's ask a question. What is brimstone? What is brimstone? Well, brimstone is is burning sulfur. Has anybody here ever seen a picture of burning sulfur? Have you ever seen that? Well, uh, burning sulfur when it is when it is melted down, it is it is extremely bright red. And uh, uh, anybody ever anybody ever walked on the river? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just the only hick here. But we used to play down the river and the old, old farm pond. You ever played around a farm pond? Well, did you ever you know? Did you ever go down in a farm pond with your shoes off? And remember all that mud that just kind of squishes up twenty toes? Y'all, anybody know? Well, that makes three of us. The rest of you hope you get to live in. Amen. <laughs> so, but here's the idea. See, in the, in the lake of fire, God describes it as being brimstone, which is a vast amount of melted sulfur. So it would be like, it would be in our, in our human thinking, it would be like stepping in a pile of mud and the mud just squashing up between your toes. So that is something that's in neighbor the lake of fire. Are y'all hearing me now? So I'm going to give you an illustration here. Are y'all with me now? So, I, I, let's see, I'm sorry, I can't remember the date. But my wife and I, we took a trip uh, out west, oh, maybe eight or ten years ago, whatever it was. So, uh, we went, one of our, one of our places we're going is Yellowstone. I wanted to see Yellowstone National Park. So we stayed in Cody, Wyoming. We went in the eastern gate, uh, the eastern entrance into Yellowstone. Are y'all hearing me now? So the first time we went in, we went in three times. So the first time we're going in, it's still fair weather. We got our windows down in our car. And so that was before the days of COVID, so I could still smell. Y'all understand that? So we're going up in the mountain uh, on Yellowstone. And as we started up, I said, Carolyn, I smell sulfur. I said, I smell sulfur. And the farther we went, the stronger the sulfur odor went. I found this out. Wherever you have a volcanic volcanic setting, you have great deposits of sulfur. Amen. So as we're going in to Yellowstone, I see stuff that looks like it's on fire. So the, what it is, it is these steam pots. I thought it was a fire, but it's steam pots of, of uh, hot water that's creating vapors that are going to... You know, if you've been there, you've seen it. So the closer we get to it, the more of them we see. And uh, so as we're getting in, I see that's not fire. But there is a hole in the ground that... Hot water is coming out of and steam is coming out. So I know what it is now. But wait a minute now. So I'm interested in what I'm seeing here. 
So we come to this place that has a, has a pull off so you could get out and you could see what's going on. Well, uh, we, we pull in and as, and there's a retainer wall up there. So as we pull in and I got out, I saw a young teenage boy. I say teenage. He may be 18 or 20 years old and he's sitting on the retainer wall and he's kind of set uh, sideways, but he's sitting there and tears are just dripping off of his face. And I'm thinking, what's going on with this young man? You know, maybe he's had a tragedy in his family. But I walked over to where he was, and I looked over that retainer wall. When I looked over that retainer wall, I saw huge, I mean large, 25 and 30 feet in diameter holes in the, in the, in the ground with, with bubbling stuff up. It looked like, it looked like boiling mud. It's what it looked like. And it was boiling up and it's splattering out. And I, when I, when I stuck my head over that wall and I saw what that boy was looking at and I saw those tears running out of his eyes, I said, I understand. I don't have to ask that boy why he's crying. He's looking over that, he's looking over that retainer wall and he's seeing a figure of where his loved ones and his friends that do not know Christ. He's seeing in a figure what's going to happen to them when they leave this world unprepared to meet God. And when I saw that, I said, Oh, I understand, I understand, I understand. So, so let me give you something else now. Are y'all, y'all hear me now? Or Revelation 2014 said this. Now hear what it said. It said, in death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Now I want you to get the idea here. Are y'all hear me now? So what do we know about hell? I mean, read Luke 16. You'll find the rich man is in hell, right? Right? The rich man is in hell. And, and by the way, the first thing he's crying. He's not crying for a drop of water. He's crying for mercy. We saw, we heard brother a while ago praying and testifying about mercy. See, that man recognized in hell that his mercy had run out. And by the way, if you're not saved, don't you dare let the mercy of God run out on you. May you be sure and get born again before the mercy runs out. So, so anyway, way, here's what I'm going to tell you. This man is in hell now, crying for mercy, crying for a drop of water. Every human sense he had on earth, he still has it. He's got his taste, he's got his feeling, he's got his seeing, he's got his hearing, he's got every sense he has, but he's also got his memory. He remembers about his brethren being on earth, he remembers that they're not saved, he's got all that. But now here's what I want you to get. All this stuff is in hell. Are y'all hearing me now? I want to. I want to borrow your. I want to borrow your. I want to borrow your plate here. At least one of them. All right. Now listen to what the Bible said. The Bible says, "And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire." So here, here's hell, and all the contents that's in hell. Now, God's project has ended with hell. He no longer needs hell. Hell is out of the picture now. And it's like taking a five-gallon bucket of dirty mop water and taking it outside the door and just giving it a swing. So God takes hell, and he, as it were, and he casts it. Now, it's, that word cast, it means more or less violent. So it's not saying God is drip, 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 drip. No, he is done with hell and he with a back of 
violent. God cast hell in the lake of fire with all of its content. Are y'all hearing me now? So this is what's happening. This is what's going on. They were in the lake of fire. But now, now wait a minute now. I want you, I want you to turn your Bible. Go turn your Bible to Revelation 21 8, will you? Turn over there to that passage just a moment, and I'll move along quickly here. I want, I want to show you a couple of things here, Revelation 21 8. Now let, let's kind of get an idea here of uh, of who will ultimately be here. Of course, we know the beast is going to be there, Antichrist, the false prophet will be there, the devil, the beast worshippers, all those that receive the mark of the beast will be there. And all and by the way, God's word don't lie. They will be there in the lake of fire. Now, are you at 21.8? Are you at 21.8? Alright, let's read it. You you follow and I'll read it. So he says this, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So let, let, let's just look at this just a second here. So, and by the way, this is not a con- inclusive list of those that will be in the lake of fire. Oh no. This is kind of a representative list. But I will show you this. Look at that very first one. It says, in the fearful. What does it mean? Does that mean folks are afraid of their shadow? Oh no. That's not really what it's meaning. That when it says the fearful will be there, it means those that are afraid to believe on Christ. That means those that are that their peers or their family or those on the job have put so much pressure on them. They're afraid to trust Christ because the afraid neighbor of what will be said about. Are y'all hearing me? You say people are not like that. Don't tell me, ma'am. I've been at this a long time. And there's a lot of folks who will not trust Christ because they're afraid of what somebody's going to say about them if they trust Him. So this is the fearful. And He says the unbelieving and the abominable. Now look here. Look here. He says the abominable. What does that mean, Brother Wells? That means whatever God says is an abomination. Are y'all hearing that? So whatever God identifies in this Bible as being abomination, you can count on it being there. Amen. Uh, I will tell you this. Sodomy, cross-dressers, graven images, marriage desecrators, abomination in business, uh, and on and on. All these are there. Now, are y'all, let, let me give you one more Baptist here. Are y'all hear this now? Look, look at the last thing it made mention here. And he said, sorcerers, idolaters, and what did he say? All liars. All liars. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Now, I want you to understand this. I'm not saying this about you. Understand this. But I've been in evangelism for nearly 10 years now. I pastored for 40 years. And I want to tell you, the Baptists I've been associated with have been notorious for lying. I'm not being ugly now. You you just don't be guilty of that, okay? But but I will tell you this, buddy. I'm say, oh my, I'm, it's just unreal what I've seen. But I will tell you this much: that, that that when God birthed me in the family of God, I was 14 when God saved me. 14, and and I was a terrible liar at 14. 
And I did not ever have to have anybody tell me, Larry, now you know you need to quit lying now that you're saved. Nobody ever told me that. The moment I got saved by God's grace, I knew in my heart that lying was not to be a part of my life anymore. And I, and oh Lord, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that your teenagers here are not like this, but, but in the, some of the places I've been, I've seen teenagers lie to their mama and daddy like you would not believe. That mama and dad, you know, I was over so and so and they were totally somewhere else. Are y'all human? See, if you, if you happen to be that and you find yourself deceiving your mom and dad, no matter what you say, God's word calls you a liar. And you don't do that. And see, God makes it clear that liars will not be in glory land. They will be ultimately in the lake of fire. Are y'all hearing me? Now, I'm not, I'm not, look here. I told you this is a Bible study. We're just doing, we're just declaring to you, not my opinion, but what God said in that word about it. Now, are y'all okay now? All right, so, so here's what we want to do now. Now, I want, I want to, I want to talk about getting around this place. All right, so, uh, now, I'm speaking of Baptists, so I do know Baptists got good imaginations. Oh, yeah. I know, I know that. And you know how I know that, don't you? I preach, and I'm watching them, and they're going, and I know they got good imaginations. All right, so I'm going to borrow yours a moment. Y'all ready? All right, so here's, here's where we are. Now, I'm going I'm to borrow your imagination, and I want you to imagine that right in here is that lake of fire. It is a humongous lake of fire. It is burning, flaming, full of brimstone. And I am a young man. And y'all, now that takes some imagination to it. But I am a young man now. I am living my life in my sin. I love my sin. I love the way I'm living. And don't try to tell me I want to change. Because I love my sin. I love the way I'm going. Don't mess with me now. I, I like what I'm doing. And I like how I'm living. But somehow or the other, whether it's a radio message, a church of his hand, or a track I read, I find out about this lake of fire. Y'all hear me now? So I'm finding out, hey, there is that lake of fire. Your, your lifestyle, Wells, is headed right to that lake of fire. And is, are you sure that's where? No, I don't want to go there. But I'll tell you, I'm enjoying my lifestyle now. So, but I'm headed there. The farther I go, the closer I'm getting. Yeah. Pastor, stand up where you are. Just stand up right there. So I'm headed to this lake of fire. And now I'm wondering. Is there any way that I can circumvent this lake of fire? I mean, I know it's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to end up. But is there any way possible for me to circumvent and get around this lake of fire? So, uh, somehow or the other, pastors representing Christ, somehow or the other, I hear the gospel. For Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll and take my yoke upon you, and learn of me from meek and lowly in heart, you'll find rest to your souls. So somehow or the other, I don't know how, but I'm hearing this message that there is a way to circumvent and go around. 
And so I hear the message, so I decide to do this. I decide, I'm not going to take my chances against it. I'm going to take the sure way around it. So I, 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 I respond to the Savior's call to come unto me. So I come unto the Savior, and He becomes my Savior. And now we are walking together. Amen. We are walking together, That's right. and we have circumvented the lake of fire Amen. together. That's right. Are y'all hear me now? Yes, sir. See, thank you, Pastor. Yes. So here's what happened. When Christ died on the cross of Calvary, the Bible said, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Every single sin I've ever committed, whether it was a thought, whether it was a motive, whether it was a word, whether it was a every single sin. It's screaming out in my uh, against me. A lake of fire, lake of fire, lake of fire, lake of fire. But when Christ died on that cross, He shed His blood for me. All the sins that I ever committed was placed upon Him. Amen. Both past, present, and future. Every one of them is there. Oh, amen. Who is own self brother sin. Look, the Bible said Jesus Christ suffered the just for the unjust that He might bring to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit and I responded to him you said Brother Wills he might not let me in you'd be the first one you'd be the first one because the word of God says all that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out if you, I'm telling you, if you came to him and he didn't save you you'd be the first one and then he wouldn't be God because he lied amen Amen. So, have you circumvented that place yet? Have you made preparation to go around it yet? Now, I'm going to give you an illustration, and I'm done. Some of you older ones here will know this name, but some of you younger ones won't. W.C. Fields. Anybody remember W.C. Fields? All right, for those of y'all who are looking flamblasted, whatever, I want to tell you who he is. He was an entertainer in the early 1900s. He was in vaudeville, then he was in Broadway, and, and then silent movies and this and so. And he talked with, he talked with a bro, what are you doing, boy? What are you doing, boy? W.C. Fields was an atheist. He hated God. He hated Christ. He hated Christians, and he hated Christmas Day. He despised everything about God. He was, in, he was in his dressing room one day, reading the Bible. And somebody said, Fields, what are you doing? What are you doing, Fields? He said, I'm looking for a loophole, man. I'm looking for a loophole. It's what he's doing. I said, it's what he said he's doing. Well, he never changed. He maintained his atheistic attitude, his hatred for God, hatred for Christ. And here, here's, a, here's, a, here's a weirdo. Here, here's something to think about. And the atheist hating God. That don't even make sense. I mean, if there's not even a God, why hate him? But he hated God, he hated Christ, he hated Christ, he hated everything. He's an alcoholic. The last 22 months of his life, 
he spent and he sang Torah because he had cirrhosis liver and he was dying. Are you hearing me now? Hated God. Hated Christ. Hated Christians. Hated Christmas Day. He spent 22 months in that sanatorium before he died. Guess what day he died on? He died on Christmas Day, 1946. At age 66. God said, in a, in a demonstration, Phil's, You've hated me. You've hated my son. You've hated my people. You've hated the day that they have set aside to acknowledge my son's birth. I will let you go to hell on the very day you hated me the most. W.C. Fields is not in the lake of fire right now. He's in the hell fire. But some of these days, he will be in that crowd that God dumps into hell fire. Eternally. I want to tell you, precious folks, we live in a very blasphemous hour. I mean, it, it, is, it is a big thing now to bash God, to bash Christians, to bash the Bible. It's a big thing now. Oh, yeah, you get the applause of men. But nobody will be applauding in hell. Nobody will say, Atta go, Atta boy, WC. Nobody's applauding him. They're all screaming together. What's the purpose of all this? Well, number one, of course, if you're not saved, God wants you to be saved. Number two, if you are saved, you don't need to let 2023 nor December 2022 slip by you without being concerned for somebody that's lost without God. I checked in the motel yesterday. Help us, Lord. I checked in this motel yesterday. The little girl that checked me in, she's got red hair and I don't know what else, red hair and black hair. And, uh, and she said, what are you doing in this area? I said, I'm going to preach over at Safe Harbor. I said, I'd sure would like to have you come. She said, preacher, I don't have but one sister. She said, all my family's dead. And my one sister I got living is a drug addict. I said, lady, that church would love to have you come and sit down with them. I said, there's folks about your age there, and they would be, they would be glad to have you come. One of the that. Everybody you meet is not like you. There are people out there that got needs deeper than you can ever grasp. Are y'all hearing me? There's people with needs that are deep, deep, deep needs. And if they don't meet Christ, they will be ultimately in the lake of fire. Don't let that happen. I know God's got to save, I know that. But they will never know They'll never know unless somebody gets the word to them. They're not going to listen to television. They're, I mean, with a, not with a, a religious broadcast. If they do, there's a good chance they won't get the right one. Somebody say amen. Yeah. They need to hear something about the Lord. 
why don't you make a commitment in your own heart? I'm going to give myself to sharing the gospel and praying for my friends and loved ones that are lost. And if you happen to be here today and not saved, you ought to make some consideration of giving your heart to Christ. Let's bow. I'm done. Father, thank you for Christ.